Hey everyone and welcome to Studio Insights. Today you've got myself, Hannah and Victoria. Um, unfortunately, Kim wasn't able to be here today, but we are still going to run an episode and we think it will add value to you. Um, so what we do at Studio Insights is we learn from each other, we're inspired by each other, we ask each other questions and it's basically an opportunity for us to talk about what we're learning about, how we're improving our processes, how we improve what we're doing as instructional designers and e-learning developers. And it's a great opportunity for you to learn from us and adjust your process and improve what you do. So the first question today is for Victoria and it's around a project that we've been working on. So we've been working on a level three e-learning course and basically it's been a great opportunity to be more flexible in the way that we're developing. We've got more opportunity to add multimedia, add engagement, have more interactions and really take things to the next level. So it's been a really exciting project to work on. And what I would love to know from Victoria is what are some of the elements that we've added to this e-learning course and how do you think it's adding value to what we're creating? I think this is a really great opportunity for everyone listening. If you are wanting to create an e-learning course that really takes things to the next level, just to get inspiration from what we've been working on with this project. So yeah, I'll let yeah. you know, Victoria. Um, so for this one, we basically came up with a list of criteria that we wanted to meet in terms of like the multimedia and the engagement and all the different interactions and that that you could add. Um, so sorry, I'll just take it like one step back. So we brainstormed initially like for each scenario what we kind of wanted to look like, if it was going to be a recording or a video or whatever it was. Um, some of them might even just be like a text scenario on screen. Um, so once we had the list of what activities we actually needed to create, that's when we came up with the criteria. And that was basically how we could take it to the next level. So looking at every element of the scenario and thinking about, because um, basically we want to replicate the real world. So it was looking at every single part of the scenario and thinking how can we make that more realistic and more engaging. Um, so it was considering things like uh, sound effects. So for example, one of them was, um, we want to do a phone recording of someone calling to ask for advice basically and then the scenario is like you've got to choose how you want to respond so with that there's we wanted to have like the phone ringing we wanted to have like the sound of the phone being picked up we wanted to have background noise um of in this example it's of like children children's voices and children playing um have that in the background of the phone call just to really like add experience and make it seem like something that would actually happen for the learner in the real world. Mm. Uh, so yeah, sound effects was a big one. Um, having nice imagery or videos to accompany it. Um, so just basically something to look at while you're hearing that to really bring it all together and make you think like, if I was in this exact position, what would I do? Um, what consequences would that have? And then like, that's basically how we want to, the learner to learn from that experience. Mm, there were other little things as well, like we've used little avatars. So at the beginning of the learning experience, you select an avatar and it's just basically a little emoji. Um, and then that pops up throughout the training as part of the feedback. So if you get the right answer or the wrong answer, it's like a happy face or a sad face. Um, but that little prompt to get people to sort of, I don't know, it's just like another uh, way of receiving feedback, I think. Like you kind of know if you're on the right track or not. Um, that was another thing little things like gifts so when you correct uh, when you choose the correct answer like little confetti comes out of the answer option that you've chosen um and you also there's like a positive sound effect i don't know how to explain it like a little like ding noise that uh, i guess like a bit 
like a game show or something. Mm. Uh, uh, what else do we have in there? I really loved because I did it yesterday and all the things that you're saying, I was like, I definitely noticed all those things and I was like, this is epic. Yeah. Like you know how excited I got <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I hope the client like reacts in that way. Cause I was like, this is really, really cool. So I think it does have a really good impact on what we develop. Um, and something else I noticed that was really cool that you did is you had like entering the learner's name. So I got to like enter my name in and it referred to me throughout the learning experience. And I think that's, like a really cool addition as well. It customizes it and makes it like relevant to them, personalizes it for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really wanted to personalize the whole experience. And I think having the name in there, we kind of like scatter that throughout the feedback mm. and other as well. Um, I think that helps like keep people engaged because it grabs their attention a bit and makes it feel like they're being like, mm. I don't know, like a two way thing. They're not just having to read yeah. all this. Um, like the trainings invested in them as well, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where did you, where did you find your images for the module? Um, we mostly use Shutterstock. Um, yeah. We have worked before, so we do have an idea of like the kind of imagery they liked. They provided some photos as well. Um, but yeah, we mostly use Shutterstock for that one. Yeah, nice. Very cool. I love it. It's a very cool project. And it's really cool to see what's possible. Like, I think it has like really good elements that we can keep building on as we like advance as a studio. So it's really nice to see that. Um, did you have any other learnings from that project that you think you'll apply to future projects? Um, I think it probably is how much we put down initially. Mm. Um, and so we are starting to work on projects. We kind of have an idea of where we want it to go, whether it like for with previous ones for scenarios that might be like it is going to be the exact same format for all of them so all text and image and then you choose the answer or something like that but this I think because we looked at every scenario individually like it didn't all have to follow the same format so we could have recordings or we could have videos or you could look at a report on the screen or something and then respond like it was I think just the idea of it doesn't all have to be the same and you don't have to try and make whether it's scenarios or just training in general, you don't have to get all of it to fit into one type of training. Like you can break it up and figure out what's best for each individual thing yeah, that you're trying to love that. Um, which I think like creates a better experience overall because it is really tailored to what it would, what that experience that we're trying to train would really be like. Definitely. I love that. It makes me think of blended learning. Like that's where, it doesn't have to just be e-learning. Like there's so many different ways you can do things and it doesn't all have to be the same format. So yeah. I think that's like a really cool thing to think about where rather than looking at it as a whole, which is important too, but thinking of like the individual components of content and thinking what's the best way I can get that across to the learner. And I really love how you're talking about like realistic. I mm. think that's a good way because sometimes people might be thinking, oh, well, what is the best way to make this content engaging or what's the best way to display it for the learner and have them engage with it. And I think yeah. that's really helped us just asking what's the most realistic way that we can get this content across. Yeah. Because if it's realistic, when they go out into the real world, they're more likely to change their behavior and know what to do in a real world environment. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just thinking about like, there's so many different things you can do like podcasts. Cause I know when we brainstorm for the project, we were th talking about, like it could be podcasts, it could be videos, 
it could be text on screen. Like there's so many different things that you could do, the different interactions you could do. Um, and we've seen some like really cool e-learning out in the world. I know we're looking for our own inspiration and seeing like some of the cool things that people had done. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool to see what's out there. Yeah. Um, I think it's important as well to not limit yourself. So even yesterday, like we were actually in the development phase of it. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, like new ideas were coming up. And if you have the opportunity and like make changes at that stage, I think it's yeah. important to improve the end result. Um, I know you were working on some of the reflection questions and initially they were just, it was basically just a screen where it said, think about these questions and reflect on it. Mm. Um, but then during development, we started talking about is that actually like, are people actually going to do that? And is it mm. going to help? And then came up with the idea to do like a handbook that's going to accompany the training that they have to actually write down. Yep. Reflection questions. So definitely like making the most of it if you can. I know that's not always possible, but we did have the freedom and flexibility to be able to add that at that stage. So mm. yeah, if it's better than like always do it or try it, like the client may still come back and say it's not. <laughs> yeah. Book or whatever it is, but like we know that that's the best solution that we can put forward. So mm. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like thinking about what you're working on and sort of putting yourself into the shoes of the learner because we did that yesterday. Like we were thinking if we were doing the e-learning and there was all these questions on screen, like would we be reflecting on them and what would we do with that? And we both sort of said potentially we'd just move on and try to complete the e-learning and not actually take the time to do it. So mm -hmm. through that conversation and thinking about what it would be like for the learner, that's what we thought, okay, we need to like get them into a different frame of mind and send them somewhere else, which is the yeah. workbook, and then have them like speak to their team about it and we sort of thought through what's the best way. It's sort of like... Um, having a voice for the learner. So rather than just doing what the client thinks is the right way, which potentially is the right way, but I think just stepping into the learner's shoes and thinking what's the best experience for them and at least putting that idea forward to the client and explaining to them if they come back, like this is the reason why and why we think it'd be better for the learner and yeah. then your project goal ultimately. Yeah. And yeah, it's good to think about it like that because everyone does learn differently. So even mm. when we're doing, when we're possible solutions even if we individually think like how would I respond to this if I was doing the training a lot of the time we do have different responses and we would feel differently about different types of training I guess so it is yeah. as like the three of us but just getting our input can help the client even though we don't work for them or anything or sometimes even like <laughs> understand what kind of um yeah, yeah. It's not, it's completely different to our industry, but as learners, like there is that. Similarity. Yeah, we, it's like great from our perspective because as learners, often they don't know what they're learning. Like that's the point of them learning. So we don't know. And if yeah. we're struggling and not getting engaged, then it's likely that their learners probably aren't either. Because I think when you're a subject matter expert, you can think like, oh, this has like been explained really well. And it's even like if I'm explaining something to you and I think I've said it really clearly, but you're yeah. like, I have no idea what you're talking about or I like phased out like when you started talking at the beginning like it's really good to see that perspective of someone who's a learner and doesn't know um yeah that's really cool yeah well I guess to follow on from that like do you have any advice or in your experience with designing training mm -hmm. that might be free or I don't know even just the ones where we might want to try something different like how do you get that inspiration and what kind of things do you consider to take it to that next level 
Yeah, so I think that's a good question. I feel like our team has been working on getting our e-learning to the next level. So anyone who's listening, like, I really hope this adds value to you and you can start to think outside of the box a bit more. And potentially you do already. That's awesome if you do. But I think we can all continue to improve in the way we develop e-learning. And what's been best for me is looking at, so Dribble is one. So I'll put that in the resources um, and Behance. And basically it's just like a place where graphic designers upload ideas and concepts and like screen designs and images. And it's like really, really good, like UI UX inspiration. So I usually look on there and because we've looked at Instagrams and things as well that have UI and UX inspiration. And some of the things that people create is like epic. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't think, like I wouldn't think of those things unless I saw something and got inspired by it. So I think I'll put Dribble and Behance in the resources below, but just looking up like UI, UX, Instagrams to follow and getting inspiration from that. And I think you don't copy what they've done, but you can definitely get inspiration from different designs and you might even put two different designs that you've seen together and create something awesome. So I think that's been really useful. Um, I think definitely like asking yourself what's the most realistic way to show this information. It doesn't always have to be like bells and whistles and um, gamified or whatever. I think it's more important to have it realistic to the real world. So I think asking yourself that question and whatever the solution is, not having any limits. So thinking of like, the absolute best solution to begin with and if you need to scale it down that's okay but just knowing like what is the best way to do this um and i think i really liked what you said about having like the looking at the different parts of the content and what we we're doing yesterday rather than the whole thing and thinking about like how does this specific paragraph what's the best way to show this within the e-learning rather than just deciding all your e-learning is going to be either video or text and then you're limiting yourself to that to start to think about like, what's another way I could show this content. Um, and I think another thing is that comes to mind with the realistic e-learning and taking things to the next level is that's writing effective scenario questions guide we have. So that's like a really great way. If you have scenario questions in your e-learning solution, which are really useful because it gets people to make decisions that reflect the real world. That guide is really good because it's helped us really create questions that do reflect the real world and have answer options that reflect what people would actually be doing in the real world um, rather than just writing questions where it's like obvious answers. Because yeah. I know I've seen questions before where I'm like, it's so obvious what the answer is and I don't even know the content, the way it's written. <laughs> um, so I think that's taken our scenario questions to the next level. So I'll put that in the resources below. Um, something else that's helped me is Canva and you were the one that found that for our team. So Canva has like templates and presentation templates and Instagram, like all these different designs and things that you can use. And some of them are amazing. Like we we're looking yesterday at the presentation templates to help with inspiration for our e-learning. And there's some really cool designs on there that you can adapt. So I think just knowing that you don't have to come up with things from scratch. There's so many things out there in the world that you can adapt to what problem you're solving. Um, and probably the other thing is human-centered design. So if you really want to take your e-learning to the next level, human-centered design helps you understand what is actually going to add value to the people completing your solution. So 
whether it's through, so we run a discovery workshop where we have end users in that meeting at the very beginning of the project and we determine what the goal is and what actions would contribute to the goal and how that works in their context. Um, and you can do like user interviews or like card sorts. There's so many different activities you can do. So I'll put the human, our human-centered design playlist in the resources and you might want to give some of those a go. I think that's had a big impact on our learning solutions. Um, and probably, so we have the Bell Vista Studio show as well, which is really cool. Um, and that ha we have people, so instructional designers, learning experience designers, e-learning developers come on the show and showcase what they're creating. So that's been really great inspiration for us as well, because we're learning what everyone else does and we're able to adapt that and put in, incorporate it into our process. So I think that's been really cool. So I'll put that in the resource link as well. Uh, but I think that's what's really helped me think about taking things to the next level and definitely the project we're working on at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely good to be able to practice. Like it's fine to go and look and like see all these cool things being done, but until you can mm. actually try and apply it. Um, yeah. I feel like that helps you understand what things will work like in the future as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think I've noticed sometimes you have a vision and it's not always that easy to get it on the screen. So it definitely is practice. So don't anyone watching or listening, like don't get down on yourself if you have this idea and it's taking forever <laughs> to get there. Cause I think like you and I are definitely learning to take things to the next level. And sometimes it does take a bit longer to experiment and it's all part of like the learning process, but it's just like, I think exposing yourself to what's out there and starting to learn to replicate it. Um, and take elements on it in the way that you design your learning. Um, I just thought of one more thing. <laughs> the other thing is like thinking outside of the box. Like we were talking about, you can do like an, a learning solution could be an Instagram profile or account. So just thinking like it doesn't have to be in an e-learning, like it doesn't have to be a storyline course or a, um, a rise course. Like think about what's the best way that I can teach what I'm trying to teach the learners. And it, like it could be a Facebook group. So potentially it's a Facebook group where you have predetermined content and you post the content once or twice every week and people comment and interact with each other and that's social learning. So I think just like thinking outside of the box and you don't have to do like traditional e-learning because I know for me sometimes I get caught in that traditional, mm -hmm. it's going to be an e-learning course, but I think the more we've been progressing, the more we're thinking about like it could be anything and there's so many apps and things out in the world that we can use to create something or it could be coaching or it could be a workbook like it's not doesn't have to be e-learning which is cool as well mm. yeah do you have anything else to add victoria no, i don't think so i think that's everything well we miss you kim kim the founder of belvisa studios is usually here and she's trusted us to do an episode without her <laughs> so hopefully it's all good <laughs> Hopefully it's added value to all of you, which I think it has because the things we've spoken about, it's added value to Victoria and I, and we we're instructional designers and e-learning developers and the things we've spoken about has helped us take things to the next level. So I guess what I would say for the end of this video is have a look at the resources in the description below and check out what we've spoken about because it has added value to our lives as instructional designers and e-learning developers. So check that out. And think about one action that you're going to take to improve your e-learning that you create, um, whether it's thinking about 
making it realistic, trying one of the human-centered design activities, having a look at the Writing Effective Scenarios Guide. I think even taking one small action can have a big impact and help you get better and better at what you do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening or watching and we will see you at the next episode.